0: But that's another little thought, if you would. All righty, thank you. Uh, go ahead, please find uh, 1 Samuel, chapter number 8. And uh, we we'll notice some things there. Uh, that was not my idea either. Brother Fisher uh, made that suggestion to me that he mentioned about Joe uh, here. And, you know, I'm for that. Um, let's try to say this in the right way. Uh, When I was in Australia, um, uh, independent Baptist churches came to us in Australia through American missionaries, and uh, I thank you for that, by the way. Thank you very much. Thank you for caring about Australia. Uh, Thank you for caring about uh, me when I was a long way from you. And uh, so everything we we have in Australia... uh, came to us through American missionaries, and uh, and we're very grateful for that. Uh, now, th- there are still missionaries uh, in Australia, but uh, there are many more nationals now, pastoring churches, and, and that's the way you want it to be, right? You, it ought to be that way. And uh, so, you know, during that time in Australia, I got to see and meet missionaries, lots of them, and see different things and uh and then uh, as our ministry uh in australia sort of uh had more opportunities abroad and a certain amount of influence i got to travel around a bit and and just see missionaries on the field in different countries and uh and as i've got to get around uh churches here from time to time i you know i see pictures of missionaries and prayer letters and uh and, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, and I want to say this in the right way, sometimes I'm fairly reasonably informed about what's happening on the field, and I see letters, and I see things, and, uh, you know, sometimes what's happening on the field is uh, perhaps a little different to how it's sometimes represented, and I don't mean that in any critical way, and I don't want you to develop any sort of critical spirit at all, that would not be right. But I simply say this, as a, as a pastor, uh, you want to invest in good people. You know, you're, you're, you're spending resources. Your people are sacrificing. They're working hard. You understand, you know, it's God's money and you want it to count. And, and I believe in the matter of, of supporting missionaries, you ought to be spirit led in what you do. You know, some, some guys have a formula uh some guys have a 30 page uh questionnaire uh you know try the holy spirit sometime uh that 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 he's pretty good at directing you to what you ought to do and uh you know uh the spirit of god is is able to affirm in your heart what you ought to do uh we we just took on a missionary in fact it's your brother brother uh, pastor uh murphy uh, I was just at a meeting last week and, uh, and, uh, Pastor Murphy's brother was there. He's going to India. And I don't want to go to India. And, uh, and I'm glad he's going. Uh, somebody needs to. And, uh, and I just, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't present his ministry. Uh, and I hardly talk with him. Uh, he, he sang a couple times. And honestly, I had difficulty tuning into his accent to hear the words of the song. I, you know, I, I was trying to listen. I got about half of it. But you know what happened? The spirit of God just touched my heart and said, you ought to help that man. And so uh, I called to ask, could I see him? But I'd already decided what we were going to do. So I phoned Thailand and I got Joe on the phone. I said, Joe, uh, there's a man here we need to support. Uh, and our church needs to support him. And so we just made the decision to do that and uh, and uh, commit to doing that because the Spirit of God led me that way. So I think the Spirit of God can, can tell you what you ought to do. And if we would follow him, that would just, you know, eliminate a lot of our problems. Uh, you know, we'd get the right people. So I, I want to say this to you. Uh, you want to invest in the right people. Joe is one of those people. Now, that, he's just a choice individual. I, I would not say that if it was not true. Uh, he's very unique. Um, you know, you talk about when people invest in stocks, I have never done it, but they talk about blue-chip investments, the, the premium. He's blue-chip. This, this is, this is uh, someone uh, who has had the hand of God upon him in a very unusual way from his conversion uh right through to his journey and uh so I, I think this would be something that you would be uh not sorry about doing for eternity i i think you would be glad you got on board but that's up to you what you do but i just i just share that with you uh, i wouldn't say it if it wasn't true um i uh i'm frequently touched by just seeing what how god is is working uh, in him and through him uh, when he got saved, he's his father's only son. Uh, in Thailand, uh, m- young men, children, are expected uh, around about the age of 20 to go and become a monk. And it's uh, something they all do across the nation. You do that because uh, it's part of your national identity, your religion. But you do it as a way to say thank you to your parents for raising you. So they look at it this way. Uh, you go and become a monk. That earns your mother and father merit to be able to go to heaven. And that's just how they view that. And so, if you don't do that, you're just not a good son. And, and the whole village will say, well, what kind of parents were you? Your boy wouldn't, wouldn't become a monk for you. And so, so they just all do it. Well, you know, Joe got saved. And he came to Christ and, and uh he, he he was he was very difficult in the beginning. He's the only tie I've ever had, refused to take a track from me and and uh he was the most difficult. Uh and, and well anyway, he finally got saved, and uh just after he got saved his father called and said, We've got everything ready for you now to become a monk. Now his dad doesn't have any more sons to do this, he's the only son. So so and his dad is very devout. So everything was hanging on this. In fact his dad had been looking forward to this for years. And they were going to have a big ceremony where they shave the heads of the, of, of the, of the one becoming a monk. They put on the orange robe. Uh, all the people follow in a procession. Uh, they go down to the temple where you're uh, uh, ordained as a, as a Buddhist monk and you do this for your family. And so his dad was calling him saying, all the preparations are made. Uh, we're going to set the date for the gathering of this time. All, everybody's coming. Uh, and his dad said, look, I've even saved up enough money. We're going to hire an elephant to put you on the back of an elephant, which they regard as sacred. They'll put you on the back of an elephant to go to the temple and we'll all be there. And, uh, and Joe had to say to his dad, I can't do this. And his father was just, what do you mean you can't do this? And he said, I, I can't do this. I'm a Christian. And his father said, why don't you love your father and mother? What did we do wrong to you? And he said, you didn't do anything wrong. I love you. And he was crying. He said, I can't do this. And his dad started crying and, and his dad just cut him off. He just was so hurt, he just cut him off. And you've got to understand, Joe and his dad were really close. I mean, Joe would call his dad every day and talk, and and he just cut him off. And Joe would call home, and Mum would answer the phone, and uh, and he'd say, uh, um, "Can I speak to speak to my father?" And 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 his father would would not come to the phone, would not talk to him. Just and, and he cried, and it was very, very. I mean, he paid a price. Uh, all the village were saying to his family what's wrong with your son what did you do to your child uh, and they're saying to Joe what kind of son are you and there's a very intense pressure here and uh, so he had to endure through all of that uh, eventually after much prayer he's he's talking his father's talking to him again now and has and in fact has been in our church now several times and I, I would suggest is moving to the point where he's kind of proud of what his son is doing, uh, but is not yet saved. So, so I mean, he's just a, he's just a choice young man. He's got a great family. Uh, I, I think uh, he's going to really do something for the Lord. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's easy to uh, it's easy to start supporting people uh, when they're at the other end. You know, everybody likes to back a winner. And when we hear about somebody, it's all happening, we want to climb on board. Usually by that point, they have what they need. Usually by that point, it's, it, you know, one of the, the missionaries, I think it's one of the greatest missionaries uh, working in the world today. I won't say his name, but I think he's doing a tremendous work, Independent Baptist Missionary. He's also the most, he's the number one most supported missionary for one of the large uh, sending uh, mission groups. Is that surprising? He's doing the greatest, but he's also the number one most supported because everybody wants to climb on board with that. What we need to do is have the foresight to see who God puts his hand upon and get on board at that level and go on the journey with them. So you pray about that. You know, whatever you feel to do or not do, uh, of course, that's fine. Just be led of the Lord with that. All right. Now, Brother Davidson's has just been on a great message as it was last night. I just appreciate him. I got to bring my son Curtis to this meeting. He's thirteen. Uh yesterday we had uh you know, we had a little father son talk. You know what I mean by that. He's thirteen and so we uh, we had a little chat and I said, Now son you've probably noticed as he's getting older, there's some changes sort of happening and and so dad wants to talk to you about some things and he sort of got a little bit awkward and uh <laughs> and so I talk with him. And I won't get into all the details. We had a little talk. And, uh, and then I said, all right, let's go out. And, and so we went out together. And he said, he said, you know, dad, that, that talk we've had, he said, uh, he says a little bit disappointing. I said, really? I said, uh, I said, well, you know, uh, maybe I need to order a book or something that'll help you a little clearer. I, I, you know, I did my best. And, and he said, no, 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 it wasn't in that. He said, I just thought when you said you were going to have that talk to me, it was about teaching me to ride a motorcycle in Thailand. And I said, no, no, we'll do that after. I said, it's not that. He said, but you will teach me, right? I said, yeah, 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 I'll teach you after. So, but anyway, my son Curtis is here and he's 13 and I leaned around. He was sitting in the pew behind me last night and towards the end of the message, I saw him listening attentively to Brother Davidson and focused on what he was saying. And I'm so glad about that. Uh, God used the men of God, the great preachers, names that you would know, just to change my life and help me so much. And uh, I was so glad to see my son focused on the man of God and listening. And I turned around towards the end of the message and I said, I said, now, son, I said, enjoy this moment. I said, remember that you were here. I said, one day, Brother Davidson will not be with us. And I said, we need to just value and appreciate and listen to the man of God. When he opens the word of God like that, it's just a, it's a special moment. You know, you most appreciate the special moments after they're gone. A few people can realize them when they're happening. And so to just, just to realize the moment and it was it 's just a look like, I just enjoy listening to him he 's just my kind of preacher. I could just listen and listen and listen and and uh, you know he doesn 't just bark and growl. he gives you something to think about there 's content uh, there 's power uh, he 's obviously studied the word of God and uh, and so uh, you know it 's just been a privilege and i 'm grateful for that. So I had Brother Davidson on before me. I have Brother Chapel on after me. Someone said, you're the meat in the sandwich. I said, I am not the meat. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm in the sandwich, but I am not the meat. I'm just somewhere in the middle. All right, 1 Samuel chapter number 8. I'm just, this, This, you know, I say this all the time, but I don't know how else to say it. This really is a thought. It's something I've been thinking about. Uh, I said last night that as we read things in the Bible, we read about people, but it's really about God. And when we see, when we see things happening in the lives of people, really the focus is not the people, but the focus is to understand God and what He's trying to communicate about Himself or some principle or some truth in the events of the life of that individual. And uh, in this chapter, uh, you have, uh, the elders of Israel, verse number four, gathered together and uh, we'll read it. They came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. You know, I, I thought there, what do we do when we are displeased? You know, When Samuel was displeased, he prayed unto the Lord. And the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them. Now just think about God saying this stuff. Yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them, And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked of him a king. And then verse number 19. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, nay, but we will have a king over us. God had a way. He wanted it to be with his people. A perfect way. Uh, you might say it was God's perfect will. Uh, it, it was it was the best way. Uh, God knew what was best for them and uh, and God was he didn't want them just to be like everybody else because everybody else wasn't his people. and a preacher alluded to that in his message these these this was God's people, and God had a particular way for them and uh, god knew what was best for them uh, god was not going to give them less than others had uh, they were not going to get second best or or somehow miss out on something because they served god what they were going to get was the best thing and uh, and so god had a way that he had wanted to govern them and uh, it was not it was not his way it was not what he considered the best way to do it this way and uh, and uh, he he it, the initiative to have a king did not come from god god had set up another way but what had happened was because the people saw uh some people abusing their office and uh, some people uh, not doing what they ought to do for the lord and some people taking something to an extreme or, or, a, or a level of uh, misuse, that when they saw that, uh, they, they didn't just think bad about those people, but they wanted to throw out the whole principle, the, the whole process, lock, stock and barrel. Just wanted it all to go. And that—that that is a condition of humanity. Uh, I, I think one of the things that's happened uh, over the years is uh, because there have been... Uh, certain ones who have uh, put a perhaps um, uh, unbalanced emphasis on the work of the Holy Spirit and uh, maybe have taken things to a level that we would think is is not really scriptural, it's not in accord with biblical teaching. In response to that, we found ourselves going the other side of the road. And uh, we tend to do that. We see somebody abusing something and quite often we we don't analyze that and say, look, In this thing they speak wrong. In this thing they teach. This is not consistent with the Word of God. Uh, But let's let's not let's not go to the other extreme where we throw out the whole principles of God. You know, you I don't know if you say it here. We say it in Australia. You throw out the baby with the bathwater, and uh, and you don't want to do that. And so that's what was happening here. Uh, they had saw something where people were abusing a a thing that God had put in place. And instead of just recognizing the failures of men, they wanted to throw out the whole principle, the whole thing that God said would be best for them and uh, and do it a different way. And people still tend to think that way. And so they said, no, they said, no, we, we, we want a king and uh, and uh, so samuel you know he didn't want that and i guess he was personally affected by that but but he took the matter to the lord and he and he prayed and uh, god said uh, okay and and really you see something of the heart of god in this you know uh god god is not a man god is god but god will reveal himself to us he will show us some things about him that we can understand at a very human level. And that's not surprising because He made us. And so, so, you know, He, he, he created us. He, he decided who we were going to be. What, what he, he made us triune, body, soul and spirit, because He was that way, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And He just did some things in us that were a lot like Him. Uh, remember that Jesus said, uh, uh, He was talking about seeing the Father and uh, there was one who said you know show us the father and he said look have i been with you so long and you don't understand if you've seen me you've seen the father and so if you want to know what the father is like then look at the son and uh, look at look at the characteristics of the lord jesus christ and understand him i, I was thinking as i was driving here today uh, i was thinking just just how good god is and and just how kind he is and 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 I, know, and I know he's just and he's holy, and uh, and I know he's. Uh, you know, I was thinking about the, the, his He's titled the Ancient of Days, and and uh, and and as I was driving, I was thinking. You know, I, this is not the right way you say it. You would say we're blessed, but I feel like saying we are so lucky to have a God like this. Uh, now, you know, you'd say we're so blessed to have a God like this that the one who saved us now listen if he'd saved us and he was a mean cantankerous god who was hard to please well i'd still be glad to be saved i mean if he if he saved me from hell and he rescued me from from a place of uh, torment and darkness and damnation well really whatever kind of god he was i'd just be glad he did that and uh, and if he turned out to be someone that that was just you know Uh, a very uh, nasty and and uh, required hard things and and didn't really love you and and well I'd still be glad to be saved but but listen he not only saved us he's just such a wonderful can I say this such a wonderful person he's just such a good person he's kind and and he's compassionate and he's caring and he cares about you and uh, and uh, he he wants to give you the best and, uh, and if you follow the things that he said, uh, you'll have a life that is blessed. Uh, and, and he tells you that because he wants you to be blessed. It's not just about obedience or, or, or disobeying. You ought to obey. But, but it's more than that. He's telling you because he wants you to be blessed. And so he had a way here and, uh, and uh, he, he wanted it to be a different way. Uh, it was not, this was not his initiative. But they went to him and they said, no, no, uh, we, we want a king. And so God said to Samuel, he said, all right. He said, Samuel, listen to them. Uh, he said, Samuel, explain to them. In fact, the word the Bible says uses the word protest solemnly. In other words, soberly point out to them how it's going to be if they do this thing they want to do. Explain it to them. Now, he didn't have to do that, but that's just that's just so God. He doesn't have to condescend to explain anything. He owes no explanations. They're, they're, he, he's debtor to no man, and, uh, and uh, he's already given abundantly above what we deserve. But, but in his, uh, in his uh, love and in the, his person, he said to Samuel, explain it to them. And so Samuel lays it all out. And he says, well, it will be this way and this way and this way. And uh, and all those details are there. And and the Bible says that Samuel said the things that the Lord had said unto him. So God had said all these things to Samuel, who said it to the people. And it's very detailed. Look, it'll happen like this. It'll be like this. It'll be like this. So what God is trying to do, he's not just saying he didn't just say, well, you just ought to obey. You know, you, you ought not to be asking for a king. Uh, it's just disobedience, it's not my way, it's not what you're... In mercy, he condescended, come now and let us reason together. saith so He condescended to come and reason with men and say, well, it will be this way and it will be this way. And uh, he opened up his heart, as it were, and they listened to all that and they said, nay, no, no, we've decided we still want a king. And so, so God's response to that was that He said in verse number seven, He said to Samuel, "Look, uh, it's not really about you, Samuel. They have rejected me; that I should not reign over them." God said, "It's really, it's, it's, it's really about me. They've decided." they don't they don't want me to reign over them and, and, and in fact you know uh, uh, the bible said that god spoke to moses like he'd speak to a friend none of you have ever pondered what that means It means god just sort of in verse number 8 i think a little bit of that comes out he says to samuel you know this is just like it's been from the beginning from when i first took them out of egypt they just they just were this way they that from the beginning they, uh, they 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 forsook me and uh, they went after other gods and uh, and and now it's just the same now they're doing it to you but but they they've rejected me that i would reign over them so so it's clear here that god did not want them to have a king it was not his initiative it was not the highest way. It was not the most perfect way. And it's not surprising that the thing that all the other nations are doing and that had been their initiative, it's not surprising that that wasn't God's initiative. It's not surprising that men had gone one way of looking at it, but God had a different way. But nonetheless, uh, the people said, we, we want a king. So, so what, what did God do? Does God want them To have a king? The answer is no. Did God consider this was the best for them? The answer is no. Did God give them a king? The answer is yes. Now, I'll say that again. Did God, did, was this God's initiative? No. Was, did God think this was the best way? No. Did God want them to have a king? Well, he explained to them it wasn't a good thing. No. But did God give them a king? Yes. In fact, once they decided that they didn't want the best thing that God offered, but they wanted another thing, God said, okay. Okay. Then I'll choose the right one for you. Now, can you see something of God in that? Can you see something how He is? You know, how do you explain that? How do you explain that when, 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 it, when, when you see that? And you explain it this way. Number one, you explain it. God will sometimes give you what He doesn't want you to have. He'll, He'll sometimes allow you to have something that He doesn't think is the best thing for you to have. He'll condescend to, to yield to you, uh, to, to understand, to, 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 to give you the thing that he doesn't think is best, to even give it to you when the bottom line is, if you've chosen something else over the thing that he said is best, really what you have done, you have not just rejected his idea, you have rejected him. And that's how he viewed that. This is not just about you rejecting. It's about you don't want me to reign over you. You want to reign over you. You want to make the decision about what's best for you. You've decided that you know what's best more than God knows what's best. And so they said, nay, nay, we will have a king. And God said, well, okay. And God will sometimes give you what he doesn't want you to have. It's not your best. You could have done better than that. God's way was a better way. God had something different in mind that would have been better for you. But nonetheless, you wanted this thing and you persisted. And God said, well, okay, okay. And, and God gives it. Now, the second thing you see here is allowance. And this is a key point that we need to understand. And I like these conferences because it affords an occasion for us sometimes to think about some things that are just a little bit, you know, deserve some thinking. Allowance is not endorsement. Now, we trouble with that. We, we have a lot of trouble with that because this is what we think well if he allowed it he's for it not necessarily so well but he allowed it god allowed that so 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 he's he's for that you know that's how the heathen think well you know when that big tsunami swept through the, the uh, across asia and 300,000 people in excess 300,000 people died in minutes uh, around Asia, I, I, was in, I was in Thailand when it happened. Uh, I've spoken to people since who were in that tsunami. I've seen the injured. Uh, I've met people. I met a man who lost his wife and six children in that tsunami, and uh, and I've you know and it just it was just devastated people. Uh, I was there when when shattered uh, Europeans were coming back, uh, honeymooning couples. One had been taken away. One had lived. Uh, uh, people had lost their children. Uh, I saw broken, crying, sobbing people sitting in hotel lobbies, uh, all cut up and torn up. They say when you get in a tsunami, it's like getting into a washing machine full of nails and steel and metal. And it just cuts you to pieces. And and uh, and, uh, and, and, and so that big tsunami swept through. and uh, And the heathen, they said, they said, well, that's what your God did. God did that. God, God, God just, your cruel God just did that. And uh, just just killed all those people, and uh, and uh, the bloggers went to town and everybody else, and and uh, just uh, and here's what they do. they say: Well, you know, he 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 allowed it; he's for it. No, not necessarily so. There are some things that happen God does allow, but you should not interpret that as God's endorsement. And we need to get our mind around that that sometimes God will allow something in the sense of he will not prevent it. He's not for it. Uh, uh, he, he didn't want them to go this way. He said it's not in your best interest. He might say to someone, that's not the one you should marry. That's not the one. I have someone better than that. That's not the one. And you say, nay, that is the one. God says, okay, okay. All right, well, then I'll work with you at that level. Uh, uh, God says, uh, this is what I want you to do in your life. I, I want you to, I want you to, this is your calling. And you say, nay, nay, we will do this. And God says, this way is better. No, 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 we will do this. And God says, but if you do that, it'll be this. Nay, nay, we will do this. And God said, Okay. Okay. Do you realise that if God abandoned you every time you abandoned His will, you wouldn't have Him right now? If every time you and God parted, He just, He just never came back, you wouldn't have Him. The fact of it is, He's had to join you on second best on more than one occasion. And that's just something about the, the wonder of God is that, is that he, he will do that. Now, we call this in the Bible, we call the, the, the trait or the characteristic of God that this is, is His long-suffering. This falls under the covering of God's long-suffering. Now, it's amazing to me that you could even call God long-suffering because God shouldn't have to suffer anything. God has the power and the ability that he doesn't have to suffer anything. But, but, but when you read about God's long-suffering, it's always mentioned alongside his mercy and his grace. For example, in Exodus 34 and verse 6, And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful, merciful, and gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in goodness and truth. When you get the long-suffering, it comes alongside His mercy and His grace. In Psalm 86. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion. Amen. And gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. So that long, the long-suffering there... Is because of his mercy and grace. Because he's merciful to us. Because he extends his grace to us. He's long suffering when he knows this is not the best thing. This, this, this is not the perfect way. This, this is not original intent. Nay, nay, but we will. Okay. Okay. Then I'll go with you. I had a better way. It would have been better. But nonetheless, you go this way, we will go this way. Now, I mean, what does that tell you about God? What kind of God is this? What, what manner of God do we serve who would condescend to come to creatures who would push aside his perfect way and say nay? And God clearly understands that this is nothing more than a rejection of me. But nonetheless, when they rejected him, he did not reject them. He is long-suffering. The Bible says in Psalm 103, in verse 13, like as a father. Now, if you're a father, you can understand this. Like as a father pitieth his children. So the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. And so God understands your frailty. May I say God understands your foolishness sometimes. And God will say this is, this is not, this is not the best way. Nay, nay, but we will have okay okay we will go this way i will i not only will we go this way i'll select the king for you i'll lead the prophet to get him uh, you should not think that god set up saul to fail saul failed because saul made bad choices you you should not think it was a sinister plot of god to 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 to, to manufacture a failed situation from the beginning it was not so uh, it started out right. It could have ended right. Uh, so, so, so God said, okay, okay, it's not the best way. I'll allow it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying it's the best way. I'm not endorsing it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not elevating. It. I'm not going to tell you it's the perfect will of God, but I'll allow it. Okay, and I'll choose the best one for you. I mean, isn't, isn't that the marvel of God? It, it means when, when frail humanity does what they do best, which is to fail God. He doesn't abandon us. He says, all right, you're here. I really wanted you to go here. This was a better way. But nonetheless, let's be you and me together here and let's do the best we can do here. And that's the kind of God he is. Now, I have one other passage. Go to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. And uh, you will see, I think, the same thought here. And it's always good to see it in the old and the new. And and I think you can you you, you could see it in more places than just these two passages. Uh, but it it helps you to understand God. I mean, it just it just it just You know, I find myself sitting in Thailand sometimes, and and uh, and just thinking, you know, God, you're just so good. You just you're just so good to us, and 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 uh, and. Uh, and I say that when it's when life's not so good. But God's always good. Whether life's good or wherever we find us, God's, God's always good. And, uh, and uh, God is merciful. He gives us his grace. He is long-suffering toward us. Now, in Matthew chapter 19, we'll read from verse number 3. It says, The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, And saying unto him, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, have you not read, and they had, have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. They say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement, and to put her away? He saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives but from the beginning, it was not so. Now, there's something very important here about this passage. They they had come to Jesus, and uh, the Bible says their intent was to tempt or to trap him. They they had come to Jesus. I, I'm sure they spent many hours contemplating the ideal questions that would trap a man. That, that, that if you went this way, you would say the wrong thing. And if you went this way, you would say the wrong thing. And then they decided that's definitely the question we need to ask him. And they tried to set him up. They they tried to put him in a place where where, where they would just know whichever way he goes, uh, he's going to say the wrong thing. But the problem is, if you're going to play chess with God, you need to resign yourself to the fact you cannot win. All right? He's, he's He's already a dozen moves ahead of you and before you pick up the piece and move it he knew what you were going to do and so so you know uh, they would come and they would they would tempt him and uh, their intention was to trap him uh, now now they did this because uh, jesus remember for 30 years uh, jesus had lived in relative obscurity uh, by all appearances mostly a largely normal life uh, he had worked uh, he had probably sustained his family after joseph had died Uh, He knew what it was to be around ordinary people. He saw life. He knew life. He knew us. He knew what makes us happy. He knows what makes us sad. He knew the way we think. He knows the things we do. He knew about marriage. He knew about families. He knew all about life. He was well acquainted with normal life. And uh, he knew that it had become common practice by this point for people to put away their wives. And they knew that he knew. And uh, so they were going to go to him... And they were going to try to tempt him. They were asking him something uh, to try to trap him. And Jesus answers. Now, Jesus said this. He said, you know what God said and intended when he made man and woman at the beginning. So immediately what Jesus does is he brings us to the highest level and shows us the perfect will of God. Now, by the way, this would be a good lesson for every preacher. When we're dealing with the with the problems of the day, uh, when we're dealing with the trends of culture, the abandonment of God, uh, the practices that that uh, once uh, raised eyebrows and would not be spoken of that have now become commonplace, when we have to contend with this, and we understand we're preaching to 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 a generation that is being saturated by this stuff, Generation Facebook, and we have to respond to the questions of the day it's a good place to start with, this is what God intended. Now, in saying that, Jesus is, is pointing us to the highest possible place. Now, now God is not ignorant to the fact that we live in a post-fall world. That is to say that the world that you and I live in is not the same world that Adam and Eve lived It's the same world, but it's not the same environment that Adam and Eve lived in before sin came into the world. Things have changed. And they're not going back in this world. We're not... Listen, if you're leading a charge to try to take the world back to Eden, it's never going to happen. There's two... Sin is here already. It's in us. We are born in it. And it's all around us. And, and God God is not ignorant to that fact. God understands what we presently find ourselves in. God understands who we are and and, and what we are and what kind of world we live in now. And, and there are a lot of things that God gave us a perfect way. And God said, this is the perfect way. But tragically, humanity just has this, this uh, consistent history of rejecting the perfect way for our way. And do we say, Nay, nay, nay. And so Jesus answers the question by saying, Look, you know, you Pharisees who are who are teachers of the Word of God, remember he had said to the people in, in, in he said, Listen to what they say. They sit in Moses' seat, but don't do what they do. But they're still the ones who are teaching the Word of God. They knew the Word of God. They knew this. They knew what God's original intent was. Their own conscience would have been telling them that to just put away your wife like that, it's not of God. Uh, It's not the intention of God. Uh, It's inconsistent with the Word of God. They would have known that already, yet they were doing it. And so Jesus answers and says, at the beginning, this is what God intended. Uh, God, God, it was, it was, it was male and female and God put them together and, and uh, what God puts together, you should not pull apart. And he just explains it very clear. And so he shows God's intent. He shows God's design and he shows God's desire that you honor the thing that God has done and you honor it when God puts it together by not pulling it apart and then so they probably anticipating that answer as they had strategized how they were going to trap the savior uh, they now move the next piece on the chessboard and they say in verse number 7 hmm then why did moses command then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away see And Jesus answered that, and He said, in verse number eight, and I'll, I'll, He didn't command you; He suffered you. And there's the key thought. He, he, it was because of the hardness of your heart. Nay, nay, but we will have a king. They have rejected me, as they have done from the beginning. Nay. Because of the hardness of your heart, he suffered you. Remember we said God was long suffering. It was because you were hard-hearted towards God. It was, here's what he's saying, it was not and is not God's intent that it be so. It, it is not the, it was not the desire of God that you would put her away. It was not the original design. It was not the perfect way, but but because you were hard-hearted, be, because 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 you were insistent that you would not do God's way, but you 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 want to do it a different way, the long suffering of God, He suffered you to do it. You know the long the long suffering of God implies this, and I, I think I I guess you can say this if not theologically then devotionally the long suffering of god implies that you generate a certain amount of suffering in the heart of god when you keep doing this you just you keep doing this thing to god that is not right is not what he wants and you you, you could say you could say i think he takes it personally you have rejected me but even though you reject him, he doesn't reject you. Now I don't know many people like that. I, I don't know many people. I just I just don't understand that how, how God would 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 do all he has done for us, and then men continue to say to him, "Nay, nay." But we will, and God says, "Okay, okay." So, what does that mean? It means that 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 He He suffers you to do it because He's long suffering towards you, but He doesn't want you to do it, and you should not do it. Oh, are we okay with that? I mean, can can we? You, you know, I, I, heard, I heard the other day that you're a, a politics over here. I heard that the Republicans had a conference to talk about why they lost the election. And, uh, and uh, Bobby Jindal, which I understand is from uh, Louisiana, a rising star in the party, he got up and addressed that conference. And uh, he, said, uh, he said, we need to stop being the party of stupid. And, uh, and I want to say this. Look, uh, uh, we are independent Baptist fundamentalists. We believe the Word of God. We don't alter it. We don't play with it. If God said it, it is so. Uh, we're anchored on the Word of God. We understand all that, but we need to stop being the religion of stupid. We need to explain God as He explains Himself. And uh, instead of just saying some things that, that really are not consistent with the Scripture, and people just look at you and think, you know, that just doesn't make sense. And the reason it doesn't make sense is because it's you and it's not Bible. All right. So God reveals himself as the God who, who who tells us what we ought to do and 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 makes it clear. And he has a better way and he has a perfect way. And you ought to obey him. And if you would do that, you would be blessed. His way is a way that works. But there are some things, some things where God will 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 say, OK, OK. Okay, you want the king? Okay, it's not the best way. You're rejecting me. But okay, nay, nay. All right, well, I'll help you. And we'll go from there. You know what we do? We abuse his love and grace and mercy. You should not confuse his long-suffering with his endorsement. What you ought to do, and particularly us, what you ought to do is say, what is the intent of God? What's the higher way? What's, what does He want us to do? Not, what can we get away with? Not, not how far can I go and He'll still stay with me? That's But, but that's hurtful. Why do that to God? Why reveal yourself as one who does that to God? Every time you don't listen, you're not just rejecting an idea... You know, we 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 have a we have a joke in Thailand. We say that in Thailand, road rules are just suggestions, and uh, and that's about how it is. But listen, when God says something to us, it's not just a suggestion. It's higher than that. And and when we walk away and we ignore the will of God and we don't listen to God, we are not just rejecting an idea. We are rejecting God. And it's only by his grace and mercy that he's a long-suffering God that he doesn't reject you. But we should not confuse his grace and his mercy and his long-suffering with his endorsement. Allowing is not the same as endorsing or wanting. But I'm simply saying the Bible says, like as a father pitieth his children. God is saying, I'm long-suffering toward you. But when you do that, it hurts me. And I want to ask you this question. What kind of son do you want to be? What kind of son do you want to be? Let's bow for a word of prayer.